It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. All right, Feckamaniacs, welcome to episode 18 of the Feckin' Check-In. My name's Trainer. with me as always is my co-host Toomey, and with us this week on our Noah's Ark series, this is Colin from Kicking Out of Kayfabe. Colin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, lads. Pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of the show, listen to a load of them. Um, Honour to be on today and chat some shit with you guys. An actual fan of the show, that's that's amazing. <laughs> That's great to have you on. Thanks. We usually trick people to coming into the show or coming onto the show, and uh, they a lot of them haven't really ever listened to it before. So that's that's nice that you've actually uh, listened to a few episodes. Um, Toomey, how are you getting on this afternoon? Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, I did the um, forty foot swim this morning in Dunleary. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was loads of people. We went down there at about um, it was probably about half eight by the time we got down there, and there was people queuing to get into it and stuff. But it was it was actually very nice. Um, have you done that yourself, Colin? Or are you into that? I, I actually did. We so I used to be in a youth group when I was younger, um, in the Tyler area called City Boys, and we used to actually do the swim at Christmas. So Chris, Christmas morning, we used to go out. Um, now don't get me wrong, we went out during the summer as well. Um, bit of crack, but Christmas was was mayhem. Yeah, you go out and there'd be like a hundred people out there. I was shocked to see how many people were actually out there and. It was daunting to say the least. Freezing, <laughs> that four oh, step in is is horrendous. I always thought those people on, who went down on Christmas Day were maniacs. I could, I could never understand it. It just seems like <laughs> the, the thing I'd like to do least is get into the sea on, on Christmas my, Day. <laughs> my my fiance Liz's family do it every year, and uh, the last couple of Christmases I went down and haven't got into the water, which is almost worse because you're just kind of hanging around and you don't you don't feel good about yourself afterwards because you didn't get in yeah yeah um, yeah i am um, we, we we did a previous podcast to this uh colin's called open us and the concept of it was we do a new thing or new task every week something we've never done before and we had discussed doing a um going in dipping into the sea on christmas day and uh one of the lads was oh, like i can't really swim like i learned to swim when i was younger but i can't actually you know competently swim and one of the lads was like, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, you know, just go and have a dip in. He's like, you'll fucking get hypothermia. <laughs> like, so if you're not if you're not able to move around, if you're not able to kind of like swim, basically, he's like, you're going to fucking freeze. Like I was like, OK, yeah, maybe that's not such a good idea, actually. Um, so needless to say, we never did that. And that's one of the things that we were actually told when we got out, like to, to make sure you keep your body moving as well. Um like obviously, I don't know how realistic hypothermia would be now on Christmas I Day. I think he but, was he was exaggerating, um, but you know, he was just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that is something that a lot of people were saying: get out and move your legs, move your arms, do the do the windmill with your arms, keep the keep the blood flowing through them, you know, keep your body temperature Try to survive. up, survive, um, until you get dried off. Okay, well, that's enough of a swimming tangent there. I think uh, let's move <laughs> on to the task at hand. So, Colin, you are the host of the Kicking Out of Cafe podcast. That's a wrestling podcast that focuses on Irish wrestling in particular. Why don't you tell the listener what the word kayfabe means? As me and Toomey are aware, but I, I don't think anyone else listening probably knows. So I think I think the word kayfabe has evolved over the years. So originally it was a word designed by wrestlers to kind of throw off the the casual fan. So if they were in a room talking as themselves, not as the character, 
and a fan was coming by or they saw a fan on the way or someone who wasn't involved in the industry, they'd say this word kayfabe to each other. So it was just a throw out word. So they just say, okay, fabe, brother, kayfabe. And that means switch back into your character. Don't let them see your real persona. So that word kayfabe has then developed through the years to um, the whole industry in itself being a secret. So kayfabe is in character, basically. Um, and then you have the, the opposite of that would be a shoot, um, which would be the real life stuff. Good stuff. And and it's actually funny, like I've heard you talk about on the podcast yourself, being a wrestling fan, obviously, you're, you're, I think you're around the same age as us. I, I'm 34. I think you're, you're close enough 30, to that. 31. Okay. Um, so you're not 34 yet. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, but uh, I've heard you saying that like your friends maybe don't watch wrestling as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, but they still kind of ask you questions about it, whatever. But um, I found like as a 34 year old man watching wrestling, like you still get people saying, you know, it's all fake, right? Um, and it's so annoying because I, I read a tweet on Twitter recently that said there are more people who think people think wrestling is real than there are who think wrestling is real. So it's like uh, there's more people going around feeling that they have to tell people it's not real than the actual numbers of people who believe it's real. And I feel like even like as a 34 year old man, like uh, the word kayfabe just reminded me of it. Like the, the wrestling business hasn't tried to pretend it's real in at least 20 years, if not longer. Um, there's been behind the scenes documentaries and all this type of stuff. And to me, you would have watched some, some of these things like the Undertaker uh, behind the scenes documentary. They, they've been commonplace for the last 10, 15, 20 years. But people still feel the need to tell you or the need to inform you that uh, wrestling isn't real. And it, it's just, I don't know if that bothers you as a fan, does it? So it, it's really strange. So I have my group of friends who give me shit from one end of the year to the other that I'm a wrestling fan and every time anything wrestling related now I don't openly discuss wrestling with them because I know that they don't like it so I wouldn't initiate conversations or anything around the topic of wrestling they all know that I'm a wrestling fan but they're not into it but anything wrestling related comes up on the news or anything like that I get shit for it immediately um and I I wouldn't say anything and like um a lot of stuff I just agree with them just for the sake of argument because that's all they're looking for um but then it comes to like two or three times a year especially around royal rumble season and wrestlemania season and you get them coming to you going oh who's gonna win so what do you think about this person or a big news story would break oh did you see such and such is in the news and they did this and i'm like like two days ago you were calling me like sorry to offend anyone if this does offend anyone but you are calling me a, a virgin who lives in my mother's basement <laughs> that's the standard that's, that's the archetype yeah yeah th- that's what they think that wrestling fans are and um now you're coming to me asking me oh well who, who's gonna win this match and like what's what's this all about and can you fill us in on the backstory of this and i i, I just can't help but laugh when it when it comes to that and it keeps happening and it, it's like it just goes on repeat every two or three months i get a load of shit for a couple of months and then all of a sudden they're asking me a load of questions on it and it, it's just it's just the most hypocritical thing that that that's in my group of friends you know it's like toomey still keeps up at wrestling and has gone to several ott shows with me but i think there's a part and maybe you can tell me if this is true to me i think there's a part of wrestling that if you were ever a fan and i don't think it ever truly leaves you and you can try and pretend like you're not interested in it at all but there'll, there'll be one little thing they're like what brock, brock lesnar's back now or something like that and, pe- and people will, will pique their interest and like it, it's always lingering somewhere like they might not watch anymore but there's always a little piece of it lingering 
I think you get known as the wrestling guy in your group of friends. And that I think if you develop any strong interest in a topic or something, you, you almost become vulnerable because you become the person who's really into that. And then you're like a subject of ridicule. You become like a character. Uh, that becomes your gimmick uh, to use a, like a wrestling wrestling term. And I think, yeah, that's just people are, are more comfortable maybe in the generic and the, what's pop, in popular culture. And then if anyone's on the outskirts, you're kind of, you maybe are a bit vulnerable, but uh, I, I was wondering: Will we move on to the the FEC acronym trainer? Yes, let's go ahead, Timmy. Why don't you lead us out on the F? No, it's not the F because we're going to start with the E. Isn't that right? Yeah, we were touching on it a little bit there. So in this Noah's Ark podcasting arc series, uh, we're starting off with the E for entertainment. And this, uh, Colin, is just really a space for you to talk about kicking out of kayfabe and your experiences with it. Uh, So our first question really is, what is kicking out of kayfabe about? And I suppose, how did you get into it? Okay, so it's a bit of a drawn out story. So last year I was working with a group of guys in America um, doing a podcast called the Smack Raw podcast. Um, pretty good show, but due to them being in America, my recording times range from midnight to 7am. Um, they did a lot of review shows and they like to record immediately after events. So what we do is we sit up and we'd watch a pay-per-view um that would be on live that would finish at maybe four some of them were finishing at half or five o'clock and then you're recording at half five six o'clock and that could take an hour and a half two hours to record that um so i was doing that for a while kind of did a few episodes with them did a little run the back end of last year and kind of finished up because it was just it was eating into a lot of my time the following days were, were gone because like and I, I work five days a week as well so it was really tough um but i started getting into ott at the start of um 2019 i think it was february 2019 i started getting into ott now i knew i knew about sorry ott wrestling is the irish wrestling brand yeah i was just gonna say um, it. <laughs> over the yeah. top wrestling isn't it over the top wrestling yeah. yeah um so now i knew about ott and i knew a few people who came from it but i've never actually been to a show so I actually went to my first show in February 2019 and I I fell in love with it immediately. It was a different, it, the, the only way I can compare it to a non-wrestling fan is it's like going to watch a football match and then going to watch a rugby match. The two, watching WWE on TV is completely different to going to one of these shows. Which of the two are you saying is better there, football or rugby? Just out of interest. Or they're well, just I'm, so, a fan of both. Just I'm a fan of both, but I'm a huge football fan. I've grown up with football, but I'm also a big rugby fan. I go to a few Leinster games and Ireland games. But you're just using the comparison that they're so different from one another. They're so, they're so different in, in, yeah, they're two completely separate games. And that's what OTT and WWE would be. like. A lot of people think what they see on TV is what they're going to get at these shows, and, and it's not. Yeah, It's completely different. Um, it's it's very fan friendly um and it's adult as well it's over 18 shows and um, now they do run some um family shows but they they have that over 18 aspect um well not to a vulgar extent as well it's just i can be a bit vulgar it, now <laughs> some sometimes it can <laughs> i absolutely can sometimes but i don't think they purposely try to do it all the time you know i'm wearing my uh, paddy morrow yokes t-shirt here you might be able to see that very nice very nice <laughs> you wouldn't get that at a wwe show <laughs> no no not uh, at all i would i just jump in there and say i had a similar experience so trainer is a bigger wrestling fan than me but when i went to my first ott show it would have been maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago i was amazed at the atmosphere 
and how different it was to, to WWE and how into it the fans were. So it seems like you had a similar experience. Was it the, the atmosphere or was it the quality of the wrestling that struck you? I think it was I think it was both. So I went in with um a mindset that the wrestling wasn't gonna be as good because they're kind of an independent promotion. They're not a big, well known promotion. They are a small promotion in Ireland. Now they have picked up a lot of traction. But I didn't have high expectations of the wrestling quality and I was very surprised by that. Um, also then the fan experience and how much the fans were into it and just the fan participation is a huge part of the show um, it's something that you don't get at, at WWE events or even watching WWE they seem to ignore the crowd a lot whereas at these shows they play into the crowd they play into what someone is shouting at them and like I'll give you an example at one of the recent shows just before lockdown there was um some guy at ringside he's, he's a fan celeb i suppose like linus i don't know if he's known i know him yeah well i mean um, i don't know him personally but i mean i know him from twitter and being in every show at the front row <laughs> he's, he's a good lad but he always sits front row and he was actually calling moves to the person in the ring <laughs> and they were doing the moves that he was calling out and he kept looking back to him then looking for the next move and he'd call out the next move and then he'd do that move on his opponent and that's, cool. that's the type of interaction that you get at the shows um so as I said, I, I fell in love with it immediately and I've been to every Dublin show since. Um, before, so, you, before you go on, can I ask you, had you, mm-hmm. had you ever been to an independent wrestling show before OTT? Um, yes, years ago, but it was very, it was a family friendly show. Um, I, I'm not sure what it was even and it was when I was in my early teens, but I can't remember what promotion it was or what company it was, but it was very... Um, very hokey that's that's so that's what i was going to say the impression that i had about certainly irish independent wrestling was hokey or rinky dink or something just small time and and shit basically that was the the conception i had in my head and it wasn't until until finn balor showed up at an ott show randomly one time i think it was early 2017 or around that time when the wwe uk stuff started and i was like what the fuck am i doing not going to this like i i I had known it was on and i had heard it getting good reports but i just still had this in misconception in my head like oh, this is going to be shit and then the first one i went to was scrapper mania 3 um, and i was like this is unbelievable what like and i feel so stupid that i missed out on it for so many years because in my head i was like this is going to be shit without ever actually having tried it first i decided to myself that it was going to be shit and I, it just feels like such a waste looking back on some of the older shows that i could have been at for like a tenner um it's just i feel really annoyed by that like kind of. and i i'm in the exact same boat I, i'm like how did i miss out on this for near five years this has been on my doorstep for five years and i've missed out on this amazing product that's in front of us and as you said for a tenner most shows are a tenner the big shows are 30 um like if you want the ringside seat for the big shows you're paying 60 quid but like you pay 60 quid for like i went to wwe last year and we we paid 55 euro and we were right up the back you know like you pay 60 quid for ringside at one of these shows and you're probably getting 10 times a better experience than you get at a WWE show. As you said, but Linus there, you're practically in the show if you're on the front row of OTT. <laughs> like. That's it. Um, yeah, so like that that was one of the things that kind of drove the podcast. So I, I once I finished up with um, with SmackDraw, I wanted to start my own, but I didn't know what to do. I always, like I love talking about wrestling. I talk about wrestling all day. Um, and I wanted to do a wrestling style podcast, but the market's so flooded. Like, everyone has something out there and most of the people are doing the same stuff so i didn't want to be one of these generic oh i'm gonna do a review of this i'm gonna do a review of that i'm gonna do predictions of this i wanted to do now that's nothing against the people who are doing it it's just that the market is flooded 
So I wanted to, to do something different. So because of my love for OTT and because I'd missed out on five years, I said, okay, so I subscribed to the OTT on demand service, um, which again, I think it's like $8.50 a month and you have access to the full archive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm subscribed as well. It's, it's excellent service. So I said that I was going to go back and watch all the old, um, the old shows. So it, it kind of had a light bulb moment. I says, right, instead of going back and watching the old shows, how about I do a podcast and I review the shows? So that was the initial idea, was to do reviews of the old OTT shows. Um, then it came about that I was talking to a couple of people and saw that there was very little um, kind of platforms for these performers. Um so again, another little light bulb moment. I says, well, how about I try to get a few people on and interview them? Give them that platform to let the fans, the Irish fans and the fans further abroad know who these people are and get their name out there and have a bit of fun in the meantime. So that's that's kind of the premise that I went with. Um, so that's my show. My show is I sit down with a um, an OTT performer or an Irish performer of some sort. Um, they may not be OTT, they may be... Um, Sorry, um, they may be a Phoenix performer, which is based in Cork, and they might be Five Factory, which is the other Dublin-based um show. But OTT is the biggest one in Ireland, and a lot of them aim to get there. So a lot of it is OTT orientated, or how they are going to get to OTT. So that's the premise of the show, where I sit down and I have a chat to them about where they've come from, um, how they got to where they are, and where they hope to go in the future, and kind of let the fans know who these people are and get their name out and give them the platform. Yeah, very good stuff. So I, I do enjoy the fact that it gives a spotlight to the likes of CT Flexer or Callum Black or Niall Fox. These aren't exactly people who are popping up on everybody's podcast. So it's interesting to be able to hear their stories uh, and give them a platform. And a lot of those episodes are like an hour and a half, an hour and 50 minutes. So it's a good long chat you have with these people. Um, and for example, I didn't know that Niall Fox was trying to be a wrestler. I mean, you, you assume they've been given some bumps Sorry, this is the guy who's the referee, the tireless referee at OTT shows. Foxy. Uh, Foxy, yeah. He, re- <laughs> he referees every single match, like on a three or four hour show, which is insane. But um, you assume that they've been given some bump training and all that. But he didn't know he'd been wrestling for four years. So it's it's very interesting to give these people this platform to, to let them tell their story like that. Yeah, like, and they have so many interesting stories as well. Like that, that Foxy episode, it's, it's an absolute sleeper. It's, I, I've said from the start, I will never pick my favorite episodes but i will tell you ones that i really like and i will never discourage someone from listening to another episode or say an episode that i dislike but that foxy episode is a 100 it's a sleeper episode and um, the stuff that he says in it I, I didn't put up any previews of some of the more controversial stuff that he said in it because there was a bit of controversy in it there was a couple of things that happened in the ring that shouldn't have happened in the ring that we spoke about yeah and um, so there was a bit of controversy there and i want to give foxy another push there as well before like i'm on a bit of a hiatus at the moment Um, i'll get into that when we get to the culture part because there was a movement that happened that um caused that but um yeah i want i want to give foxy another push with um with my followers and around social media because i think it has 50 60 views on youtube um but I think a lot of people are missing out on it. It deserves more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good content in there and he has an amazing story. Hi, 
Absolutely, absolutely. So we're the FEC and checking the FEC acronym. We've done E for entertainment, and now we're moving on to F. We're going back in time to F for funny observations. Uh, so, Colin, will you lead us out on any funny observations you have about kicking out of KFAB fab, or anything related to your podcasting career? Okay, so um, something that, that happened when I was working with SmackDraw, um, and it actually happened on more than one occasion, that I, I don't I still don't to this day don't know how it happened so um I was in discussions with the guy who was running it um about coming on to the show and I started listening to the show or I had listened to a couple of them it was actually a friend of mine that I got I call him a friend Um, I started talking to him on Twitter and we became friends and he joined the show so I started listening to the show and then I got brought in then at a later date um, so I was listening to the show and I usually listen to it driving to work I live in Tala and I drive to Klonsky every day um, and it's usually like I have a, about a two hour commute a day so I listened to these podcasts in the car and turned on a podcast one morning and there was dead air absolutely nothing so there was an intro music and then absolute dead air and this, I was, this, okay, they, they released this episode I was releasing all yeah so I was listening along <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is it my phone? Is it, what's going on here? Um, so I skimmed through the episode, skimmed about 30 minutes, still dead air. I was like, okay, they're after releasing an episode that has nothing on it. So <clears throat> when I got to work, I popped one of the lads a message. Um, now I had been brought into the fold to be on the show, but hadn't been on a show at this point. So we had a Discord chat. So I popped a message into the Discord chat saying, um, last night's episode that you recorded and put up this morning um, has nothing on it. <laughs> um, By the way. They're like, oh, oh shit, like, how, did, how did that happen? And then you went and tried to look for it. And what had actually happened was that they recorded the show, but he never activated any mics. Okay. Um, which is why they had dead air. So we was actually recording, but had no mic set up on the feed to pick up any audio from the four people. That's who ridiculous. Were on it. So would it be safe to say um, they do very little, if no editing at all, then on that show? If they're they did they, they do absolutely. So no they just editing. release they literally, the file, and that's it. Like yeah. So when I was on the show, so they do actually played our intro, um, over the on the show. Everyone just stays quiet, yeah, in real time. Everyone stays quiet for about 30 seconds. Whoever's producing the show or leading the show will do their intro. Then you talk for a while, then they'll do their exit, and then they'll play their outro music, and then they just take that file and follow okay, up on it. Jesus Christ. Reminds us of our early rap, rap career uh, 15 years ago when we used to record in my uh, <laughs> when, a room in my house and we used to uh, pass... Uh, one microphone to each other as we wrapped our different verses yeah. um, <laughs> with the record playing in the background and all uh, a, a, yeah. a microphone that costs eight euro in power city uh. <laughs> yeah it was, it was broken <laughs> off as well but that's bizarre um so what was the name of that podcast again <laughs> i can't listen to it now just <laughs> it was it was the smack draw podcast now we actually had a good giggle over it um but then sorry this the story's kind of not finished so sorry. I, I debuted on the show and I remember doing a show we were doing, it It was just after AEW had started on TV so we had actually split the group because I think there was like six or seven of us and we actually split down the middle who was going to cover NXT and who was going to cover AEW because they were both on on Wednesday nights. So I was on the NXT show with two other guys um, 
we were up till I think the show finished at about 3 a.m. We didn't get recording till after four, and then I think we were recording till about six a.m. There or thereabouts. So finished recording. I went to bed. Woke up to a message to say that the show hadn't recorded. <laughs> Um and we had to panic and re-record the show that afternoon to then get released that day. So we and it it was a bit of a pain because you're repeating yourself then and you you kind of come across as a little bit scripted. You lose the magic. You're don't kind you? of yeah, yeah. You're like what? Oh, what did I say there? And what did I say about this? And yeah, it's it it didn't have that natural feel to it, but. That was a second time then. Like they, I don't know. He said that he never pressed. Well, at least they noticed the second time round, so they learned something, obviously, from the first one. That's an improvement. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not pressing record. I'm just going to check that I'm recording everything here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just just very quickly. I know you want to finish the story in a minute, but we, we'll stop if, uh, just very briefly if it's okay. Because mm-hmm. that what you're saying there reminded me of the episodes that me and Trainer first recorded on our first podcast, Two Face Fake Snakes. We, like the first two or three episodes we had to record uh, about two or three times each of them because of different technical issues. And we tried to replicate what we'd said the first time each time, but we just couldn't. And each time we did, it it wasn't funny at all. It just yeah. sounded like the worst podcast ever <laughs> created. Whereas the first time it was like, this is brilliant. Yeah. We, we tried to replicate spontaneity, which is obviously impossible because of the nature yeah. of what it is. So like we were doing word for word versions of spontaneous jokes that had happened naturally the first time. It was awful stuff. So we just decided anytime that happened again to just forget about the previous thing, scrap it and move on with your life and just go natural if you can. Sorry, go on there, Colin. Finish your story. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just going to say that I know that that then happened again at least and on another two occasions that I wasn't involved in where they didn't record the show and you can kind of see gaps like if you actually go and look on their YouTube channel you can actually find the gaps because they actually cover every WWE show an AEW show so if you see an episode that's missing so oh well they have a Smackdown here but then they're missing a Raw and then their next episode is an NXT so you know that the Raw is missing and that's because they never press record on the show. <laughs> Jesus, so. it's like scene missing that, that scene in the, the Simpsons with Homer <laughs> yeah. uh, good stuff that's uh, that's Jesus the poor bastards though that happened so many times <laughs> like uh, well, like my whole thing is like how are you not learning from yeah, the first time um, I don't know they sound like they produce a lot of content so maybe that's why I suppose if we were producing four episodes a week we might forget to record one of them and are they popular just out of interest like how many downloads would they get per, per uh, video to be honest I don't know I did ask a few times when I was involved in the show um, the fella who looked after it was really hesitant on giving out the kind of figures as we are um, yeah. he would kind of <laughs> give you your, your bigger figures but you can see on their YouTube channel how many um how many views they're getting but okay. obviously downloads are separate to that on um the podcast platform okay but they um they actually joined up with wrestling is it wrestling world news or something i think is the name of them um they're in america they're they're kind of one of these that are kind of throwing a load of them together under one platform to kind of build a bigger like platform. A con- conglomerate um, type of thing yeah yeah so they, they've joined up with them. So obviously they have the backing of their subscribers that they're going to push out their material and vice versa. And then all the other ones who are joined up as well are going to push each other's material. So, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of, they look to be picking up a bit of traction, but um, 
they, they keep tagging me and stuff, which um, can be a bit of a pain because they're tagging about 20 people in things and you're getting every response to that oh, tag. God, and that. Yeah, so a few times I just have to go in and mute the conversation. Um, this is on Twitter, is it? Or? I got, uh, yeah. yeah, on yeah. Twitter, yeah. Um, and I'm presuming they're tagging me so I can retweet their, their stuff that they're tweeting out, but they're tagging me five or six times a yeah, week on things. And they're not tagging you out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They're, they're, they're basically spamming me at this, <laughs> yeah. at this stage. The, the, the racket that is Twitter podcast promotion. We just talked about this on our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good. Funny observation. So I, I'm definitely going to check out those gaps on, on that podcast <laughs> uh, online on, on YouTube. Uh, that's great. So what we'll do, if it's okay, is move on to the next segment of the show of the Feckin' Check-In. We're on to C, and that is for cultural observations. So, Colin, any cultural observations in relating in relation to your podcasting career or kicking out of kayfabe? So this is actually um, very recent, and um, I'm not sure if you have seen it yourselves, but recently there's been a huge culture shift in the wrestling industry. Um, based on what was called the speaking out movement. Um, and just for people who might not be aware, the speaking out movement was basically, it was mainly women, but there was some men as well who basically start speaking out against their abusers in the industry, which may have been other wrestlers, other promoters, trainers, coaches. Um, and a lot of people who were using their power over these people to maybe do sexual acts and um kind of gaslight them in certain senses as well um it wasn't a very good couple of weeks when all that kind of stuff was coming out we did actually cover that a bit on on a previous episode but uh go ahead because i know it had uh, implications on your podcast yeah so obviously my podcast is based around getting people on and interviewing them and giving them that platform so um that then kind of so a couple of things one my own um viewpoint on everything was kind of skewed so i like i i think i have a very positive mental health um i'm not to say i'm not going to say that i didn't get a little bit depressed but a few of the people who were named as abusers i had actively supported yeah. same here and it 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 kind of knocks you a bit you're kind of like I've paid to go see these people. I've given them my hard-earned money to buy some of their merchandise, and they basically fucked me over as well as they have with the people that they've abused. Now, obviously, not to the same extent, but the fans did take a hit as well. Um, so that kind of knocked me a little bit, and then I didn't feel comfortable releasing any content, which I had a bit of content. I didn't feel comfortable releasing the content while that stuff was yeah, going on. I don't disagree with you there. Like it, it would seem a bit, um, maybe a bit inconsiderate or something to be promoting a podcast while all that was going on. That was exactly it. I, I, I don't didn't think it would have been considerate, considering how many Irish people it affected as well. Um, one of the episodes that I actually recorded that I still haven't released and will probably never release was, I'm not going to name the person who it was with, but I had recorded a podcast with someone a week previous um, who I was a big fan of. 
who I had actively supported when the speaking out movement came out and um, he tweeted something that really touched me and needed to be said in the industry which is basically fuck these guys we're not gonna have this in our industry and I got behind that 100% the next day it came out that he was an abuser himself yeah I saw all of that play out on Twitter um I even saw you retweeting or replying to this person's tweet and at when I read the original tweet I was like fair fucks they need somebody like this like a locker room yeah. leader type of person um and then uh quite a lengthy post from another person came out and yeah just i think changed most people's opinions pretty rapidly uh it's it's it's, it's tough to consume all of that I, I was on twitter for about 72 hours straight <laughs> just watching all of this unfold and i was telling my housemate maya who has no interest in wrestling whatsoever but just as a a sounding board i was like this person did this and this person did this and she then she was kind of getting into it and she's like what the, what the fuck kind of stuff do you watch uh because the only other exposure to wrestling she's seen is just the odd bit of a show and then i was watching a lot of um dark side of the ring especially the jimmy the jimmy snooker episode where basically he's been called out that he murdered his his road girlfriend and she's just watching this and then hearing me talk about all this speaking out stuff and she's like what what are you involved in <laughs> like <laughs> but anyway sorry yeah to go, yeah. go ahead yeah so um the the movement happened and as i said i was very hesitant um releasing content and one of the, the hardest parts of my podcast that i find is um approaching people and getting them to come on to the show because i'm asking these people to give up maybe two hours of their time to come on to my show and to talk about their careers and to open up a little bit as well. Um, not just about the stuff that goes on in ring, but maybe a little bit that happens outside of the ring. Um, I know a lot of the people who are active in the speaking out movement were getting bombarded asking to go on to shows, to go on to podcasts and talk about their experiences. Now, I had already reached out to a couple of these people before the movement um, and was told oh, you absolutely will at a later date they were a bit bombarded with stuff at the time um, but then it kind of made my job a little bit harder to kind of approach these people and ask them to come on to a show then as well with the stuff that's kind of going on a lot of wrestlers took a bit of a break from the likes of social media and stuff and kind of a lot of I've seen a lot of wrestlers saying that they're, they're not going to wrestle anymore as well over it which um it, it's very disheartening and it's again not to not to sound selfish or anything but it makes my podcast um harder to do um so i've been on a hiatus now since around the middle of june i think there are thereabouts um and haven't come back yet but i do have a couple of things in the pipeline and i do hope to be back very very soon okay um, that's good to hear but yeah, it's I just wanted to wait until that kind of storm kind of calmed down a bit before I start to put stuff back in place again. Yeah, it's it had huge implications on. Um, I, I've heard people in the in the Irish wrestling industry saying that's that it's finished them. Uh, they're just kind of sickened by the whole thing, and I, I wonder like how much people knew about it anyway. Um, like people must have known a lot of that stuff was going on. It can't have been hiding in plain sight, like. Uh, but I wonder the fact that so much was exposed so quickly, uh, it was coming thick and fast. Did some people kind of take a look at themselves or take a look at what they were doing or take a look at what they did for a living and just go, fuck, <laughs> I don't want to be involved with this anymore. Like, I'm presuming that was the case. And like 
I reckon there was a lot of stuff that people knew. Um, for me on the outside looking in, and this is something that I kind of brought up in my previous podcast, was that um, like there seems to be there seemed to be a very good vibe in the the industry, especially in Irish wrestling, and there obviously wasn't. There was a lot of shit that went on behind closed doors, and a lot of stuff that probably went on in the locker room that us fans weren't privy to. But from the outside looking in again. Everything looked hunky dory. It looked like it was a great environment to be in. Um, now it's not to say that ninety nine percent of it wasn't a great environment. It probably was, but there was probably a couple of shit bags yeah, a few, in it few, yeah. that, <laughs> yeah, that were probably spoiling it for the for the bunch. Yeah, and, you know? and I can imagine the victims kind of weighing it up or just plowing through when having to carry all that the abuse directed towards them and and sort of having to put that aside for so long. It must have been really difficult. Um, for that in a really unsafe environment actually so it, just on this is, is there a cultural shift that's going to happen now do you think in ott wrestling do you think do you do you both have any hope for the future or what what do you do you see will change yeah so i'm hopeful of huge change now Foy factory who is one of the smaller um it was the smaller promotion in dublin um, have taken a massive stance and immediately said that they were going to change their training and coaching procedures. They have employed liaisons within um, their promotion for fans and talent to reach out to an independent liaison who, if they feel like anything is happening that shouldn't be happening, that they can go to them. Um, they have brought in full guard of vetting. Um, they have brought in separate facilities for men and women um just more health and safety protocols ott have since they were a bit slower off the mark now obviously there's probably a lot of stuff going on backstage because ott would have maybe some of the bigger stars and some stars who are linked to them who have contracts with bigger promotions Um, one of them who has a contract with ott who was implicated or sorry with wwe who was implicated um and they obviously had a bit more on their plate yeah so um they they did release something they're after putting a committee in place now um that will be monitoring all this kind of stuff and they've put some very good people at the helm um to name a couple would be um session mark martina has been the liaison for ott um katie harvey and LJ Cleary will be the liaison for um, Five Factory Pro Wrestling. Um, I think they, they added a new coach, which was, again, Session Mott Martina, which is huge for a female coach as well to be training there um, because I think it was more male-predominant coaching-wise, um, where now they have a female coach there as well who will look out for the, the female interests and stuff. So there is this huge cultural shift happening in the industry um we're yet to see how it's going to play out and what the implications of the shift is going to be but i am hopeful that we're going to eradicate the the scum from the industry and it will be a better place for fans talent people to go training and hopefully a better place for everybody well said well said you any any final thoughts on that cultural uh part trainer Uh, yeah i've noticed it playing out online as well i i think Still, I know you said OTT has a lot on their plate, but I still think they've been quite quiet about a lot of the stuff that's happened, um, which I find 
surprising at this point because it's been several weeks now, a couple of months, and I think they've been quite quiet. Uh, but I have seen a lot of other companies coming out with their new procedural changes and stuff like that. And it is positive and it's a positive move in the right direction, I think. And I also think that people will be less tolerant of that type of behavior now because it's been exposed so massively um, that if they see it going on, I'd be more confident now that people will step in and say, that's not fucking acceptable anymore. Like, um, That's what I'm seeing from mainly from Twitter, actually. <laughs> that's where I'm following it all. But uh, that, that's kind of what, that seems to be the cultural shift that I'm seeing. Yeah. And that's that's positive for the future because that safe environment is is needed. Um, so so maybe this thing, in a way, had to happen, even though it's, it's heartbreaking for everybody involved that it was going on for so long, but maybe that had to happen for, for the uh, more accepting and proper culture to, to be there. And we're down to the the K of the FEC acronym, F-E-C, K. And K is for kernels of truth. So this is like kind of a word of wisdom or some, a lesson you've learned or some some kind of kernel of knowledge. I'm just saying it in different ways, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. Kernel of truth. Over to you, Colin. So this is something that I kind of stumbled across maybe, I can't remember when it was, maybe about two years ago. Um, and it is something that has stuck with me ever since and has a huge implication on myself, my life and huge inspiration in me doing the podcast. And I'll go into a bit more detail um, in a minute. But this quote is actually from Confucius and I'm not sure if you've heard it before. But the quote is, we have two lives. The second begins when we realize we only have one. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's brilliant. So that has really stuck with me. And just to explain, if people are unsure of what it means, it's like you have two lives. The first one is when you are hesitant about what you're doing in your life. And your second one begins when you realize you only have one life and you need to make this one worth living and go out and throw caution to the wind and do exactly what you want to do. And that's something that has really stuck with me and has opened my horizons a bit because I was very much an introvert um, very worried about maybe what people thought about me and um, always trying to have that kind of face that should be the, the, the right type of person um, doing certain things and worried about what people are going to think about what I'm doing. And I got to, when I, I saw that, I was like fuck that like like why am i caring about what other people think about me um why don't i just go and do exactly what i want to do and that's something that held me back with doing a podcast because one of the things that kind of stuck in my mind was like oh how are my friends gonna react to me doing a podcast are they gonna take the piss out of me are they gonna ridicule me for doing it and then i just kind of thought fuck them <laughs> fuck them indeed um, <laughs> no no i'm not saying fuck your friends but fuck people in general um, yeah <laughs> well I, I have to say that's the, that's the best kernel of truth of the series that's my favorite kernel of truth of the series that's brilliant and i'm glad you explained it as well because i didn't quite understand it when you said it that's why i was i had a silent reaction but that's i can completely relate to that um yeah so so i guess like when you you put aside what 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 people are thinking of you you actually throw caution to the wind a bit more and you put put yourself out there and you say who gives a fuck if if my friend thinks i'm getting above my station if i have a podcast (laughs) 
yeah, yeah or, that's exactly it and it, it could like it trans it's translated across my entire life it's translated across how i interact with people and how i talk to people how i um do things in work um like i've always kind of done things like oh i need to be careful with, with with what i do here and i need to look the right way and i need to um act the, the way that i feel like people think i should be acting and not be me and like not in a bad way like i'm not saying go in and like tell your boss to go fuck themselves like, <laughs> but like um obviously don't do yeah. that yeah but um like just you don't have to tow the, the the narrow line that we put ourselves on there is a lot of wiggle room on that line that you can go and explore go be yourself go do what you want to do don't be restrained by what society deems you should be doing that's fucking brilliant stuff. That's brilliant. Um, completely relate to that wholeheartedly. And it shows on your podcast, like I, maybe you had some reservations about doing a wrestling podcast. I don't know. Uh, but it shows like your passion for the topic shows and like that's an excellent mindset to be in because you could have been sitting there for another six months or the rest of your life going, oh, I would love to do a wrestling podcast. But what will this person think if I start? Like, who the hell does this guy think he is? Or look at this wrestling nerd doing a wrestling podcast. But like, you're obviously really passionate about it. It shows on the episodes uh, and you've got a lot of really interesting guests to come on. And I think having that, uh, you've only got one life mindset is what you need to get from A to B in life. And it's the same with us. We we, we often talk, talked about doing a podcast or doing something like this. And then we we're like, there's so many different barriers. And then I think, I think a lot of it comes with age, I think for me anyway, where eventually you just go, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just doing it. And then everything everything that you want to happen then just happens like the, the floodgates are open then and you you can just throw your reservations aside and and then you're free you free yourself from those shackles that you put yourself in to begin with yeah yeah you have to know you know who you are really that's the key isn't it like once you have a good sense of who you are then your your i think your mental health is going to be a lot better um so i think like i can really relate to that like in in terms of alcohol and drinking culture for my myself i used to drink a lot more than i did and and i felt i was putting on this sort of a show when i when i would drink a lot and that was never really me um but a lot of people my friends and stuff knew that as the real me but it was never for me it was never the real me so i I think you just have to get to know yourself and then once you do then you, you can change and you can turn down the the kind of performative self and and just be be your true self Hey, deep stuff there to me. See, and it, it, a little example there. I don't, I don't know if um, if Trainer wants me to to mention this, but we were actually having a little chat on Twitter. Oh, last go ahead, yeah, mention um, whatever. Oh. And we were we were discussing um, we we're discussing views um for the podcast, and I, I, it was just a little tidbit that I kind of threw in. Um, so I had sent Trainer on a little snippy of like kind of what I was going to speak about today, um, and. I sent them on the the clip and then we were having a little chat and then we were talking about views and I replied to him saying, um, I don't even look at my numbers like for the podcast. I really don't. Um, My main thing with the podcast is I'm enjoying doing it. I really, really enjoying doing it and I'm giving people a platform to get themselves out there. So if people aren't watching, I really don't care because I enjoy it giving them a platform and then if people are watching and listening that's a big bonus to me um which they are and i'm getting a bit of good feedback um and 
Trainer replied, said, that's a very healthy outlook to have. And I said, that's exactly my kernel of knowledge. Nice one. Um, so that's, that's kind of how it's translated across into my podcast as well. Is that like, I, I don't care if I have 10 people listening. If those 10 people are enjoying it, I'd rather have those 10 people listening and enjoying it than a thousand people um, who are shitting on me or whatever else and like to be honest i really don't care if they did hmm. or if you if you sold yourself out to get those a thousand people you probably wouldn't feel as good about it no it's very good not. um i've said this before i think but i love it uh, it's one of my favorite quotes ever a uh, very good larry david quote Do you ever watch uh, seinfeld or Kirby enthusiasm yeah i've watched them um, i've watched all of seinfeld and sporadically Kirby enthusiasm i'm exactly the same so there's a bit on um when when the seinfeld dvds came out about 15 years ago um there were little snippets of Larry David just talking about various episodes and uh, they were just interviewing him and stuff. And he was talking about how they shifted the time slot from Wednesdays to Thursdays uh, because the numbers weren't what the network were expecting. And the network said to him, uh, oh, no, your numbers will be much better on Thursdays. And he goes, well, if they weren't watching on Wednesdays, I don't want them watching on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, he's like, if, they're not, if people aren't fucking interested in the show, then I don't care if the numbers are bigger the next day. I thought that was just brilliant. I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to be... Uh, I'd love to be that kind of carefree about the numbers, but I still look at the numbers. I don't know what it is. I get a bit of a kick when I see that more people have listened or it's getting more popular or whatever. So um, I try to have the healthier mindset of like, uh, as long as we're enjoying it and we're doing it, then that's fine. But uh, there's a bit of an addictive personality in me and just going on to the thing and checking is a, it's a little bit of a hit each time uh, when I see that the numbers have gone up. So I think, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to shake that fully. Now don't get me wrong. When I first started the podcast, I was checking those numbers every day. Like for the first maybe week. And then I was like, why Why am I checking this? Like, what What does what does it matter how many people are listening or how many people are watching? So not to say that I don't check the numbers at all, but I check them a lot less than i did at the start so like i think i checked my youtube views about three days ago and i think that was the first time in maybe two weeks that i've checked them well okay yeah you're completely there in that healthy mindset i'm i'm a long way away from there but (laughs) well that was a brilliant kernel i really enjoyed that was my favorite kernel i'm going to listen back to that kernel a few times I'm just trying to use the, the word kernel a few times. I don't know why. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us towards the end of the feckin' check-in. And the final sort of mini segment of the show is to play out on a song of the week. So, Colin, this is a song that has maybe meant something to you or a song you're listening to at the moment. Um, so we'll discuss that for a couple of minutes and then we'll play out on that. So what's your song of the week, Colin? So... This song is, it's a new song by a new Irish band and the reason why I'm picking this song is because two of the guys involved in it are actually involved in OTT and um, I follow them both on Twitter and um, they are Butch who, his name is Daniel Gannon and um, goes by the nickname Butch who was actually the ring announcer for OTT and Sean Hodson who um, does the, the camera work and some editing and stuff for OTT as well. But they started a band um, called Crown the King, and they released their first single this week called Gone Too Fast. Very right. good. I'm just looking at the picture of the lads here on Spotify, so I obviously recognize Butch. Um, there's a guy with long hair and facial hair. Is he Is he a fan? Is he always? Is he often seen in the crowd? I'm not sure, to be honest. I didn't recognize the other two now. I only recognized um, Sean and Butch. 
Okay, because the guy with the, the facial hair and the long hair, I, I think I recognise him from the crowd in OTT, but well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, anyway, excellent, good stuff. So an OTT or a wrestling-related song. I had to listen to it earlier, actually. It's quite an uplifting, poppy, maybe poppy, punky kind of song. I think, yeah, I think um, that's how they refer to themselves, a pop-punk band. Cool. Maybe I read the description on, on Spotify. <laughs> that's in my head. Probably. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, good stuff. So uh, very on topic and on brand. All right, then. That brings us to the end of the feckin' check-in, I reckon. So we're going to play out with Crown the King. Toomey, any final words for the listener? Well, I'd say thanks to Colin. I really enjoyed that podcast. Uh, do you want to say thanks as well, Trainer, before I say those two final words? I will say thanks. Thanks a million, Colin. We really enjoyed having you on. That was a really interesting discussion, especially the Colonel, as Toomey mentioned, but just the insight in general into podcasting. And I, I actually really love your outlook of like, I don't care anymore what other people think. I'm just going to do what makes me happy. And I think that's something that everybody can learn from and should keep in mind at all times, really, uh, as long as you're not going and telling your boss to go and fuck himself. <laughs> um, so great chat there. Uh, yes, I think that brings us to the end. Feck off. Only a hurry